0: Right here on the Arms Room Show with Glenn
1: And Drew And Gabe
0: Thanks to all of our patrons for supporting the show Thank you guys for the effort that you put into making sure that we not only have a show But that we can do all the cool community service stuff that we do in our communities and in yours Uh, A little late this week with the show um, Had a uh, a personal emergency with a family member of ours So we needed to uh, make sure that all that got taken care of Uh, But now that it's taken care of, here's the weekly show So We're back, all right? Um, If you are an Independence Training alumni, don't forget to get on the Alumni Forum. Go to our website, trainingaz.com. Go sign up for the Alumni Forum. If you are someone who wants to take our courses and you live in Minnesota or the South Minnesota area, then you should definitely keep in mind February 9th and 10th, we are going to be in Zimmerman, Minnesota, Doing back-to-back classes We're going to do defensive carbine on 9th Friday And we're going to do concealed carry concepts On the 10th Saturday So we'll give you an opportunity to come out And do some training with us In the snow, in the freezing cold It's going to be awesome Alright, let's see What do we got for amazing news? Alright, first up uh, Taiwan is China's Taiwan Beijing says Taiwan's ruling party Is not representative of Of popular opinion. So basically, what this means is uh, Taiwanese people elected someone who doesn't really like China. China, of course, has always said that Taiwan belongs to China. The United States supports independent Taiwan uh, and have pledged to defend Taiwan. For capital gain. For definitely for capital gain. So there's a lot of shit happening here, right? And as as the US is, is relatively. Unable to respond to these problems um, uh, abroad, <clears throat> just because we're, uh, we've got our forces all over the place. We don't have the same forces we normally have. We don't have the financial backing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's pretty possible China can make a move for Taiwan. Now, what does this really mean? Like, wh- how does this affect us? You know, last week I was talking to, on the show, but like, I don't give a fuck about what's going on in Ukraine. It's not because I don't like Ukrainians, I don't give a fuck about what's going on in Taiwan. It doesn't because I don't like the Taiwanese. I do care about what's going on in the Ukraine from an aspect of I watch how that war is being fought. I watch how the civilians are having to you know, defend their own homeland and how they're having to continue their own lives while war is literally being fought in some cases at at their back door. However, I don't overall care about sending them money to support their war. I'm happy to watch it from a distance because it's not my fucking problem. Yeah. However, everything in the world affects us in some way. So with Taiwan, for example, think about the fact that Taiwan makes a huge portion of our semiconductor chips. They make a huge portion of internal electronics, motherboards, things like that. These things – these products are used in everything that we use. So what happens if that becomes disrupted?
1: I I see it more of a problem – that That's obviously a big aspect of of China taking Taiwan. There's there's that like strategic gain of that chokehold on that. I see the bigger problem is just the continued expansion of, of their modern Silk Road concept, which they've been yeah. doing for quite a few years now. Yeah. But it's just that will be a huge foothold for them and a huge victory and a <laughs> lot of momentum for them to just start branching out further and farther than they already have. I mean, the way they do it is very smart, right? Like they come into countries that are super poor or have a ton of debt and they say, Mm -hmm. hey, let us bring our people in. We'll hire your people. You can work with our people. All you have to do is give us this land and it's going to create so many jobs. It's going to pump your economy, X, Y, Z, and the other. And these countries really don't have any other choice. And so they buy into it and then they're able to just, boom, build a logistics line Mm -hmm. or whatever they're going to build right through there. And, And then... The amount of money that they are now owed is essentially sometimes like more than the country's worth or whatever this is worth to them, right? So now they have the land as well, not just where they were building, but the whole damn thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a big, very complex thing. China plays the long game, I think, very, very well, whether it's that kind of stuff or like more elite capture, they, they're very good at playing the long game.
0: They're so damn good at playing the long game because they've been around longer than we have. Right. I mean, that's something to really remember as well. And their mindset is completely different. It, and it, it's, a, it's a long game. It's a true long game mindset. Right. Like, they're looking at the the empire continuing for another millennia.
1: Right. And the way they look at it, I mean, this is like their century of shame or whatever mm-hmm. they call it, call it, right? So everything they do is to reverse that. So they are... Mm-hmm. I think this is what the people in the US don't understand because we don't think that way but their mindset is so drastically different than us that when we hear like oh those people are willing to die for what they believe in it. and Americans are like oh yeah sure we are too and it's like no not no, the way not. that not, not the way that they are yeah. whether it's you know people <clears throat> in the Middle East or people from China their way of thinking is so totally different different that people here just do not comprehend that mm-hmm. whatsoever you know
0: And so I think – and really what this means to me uh, from our aspect of being able to do whatever we need to do, right, um, is you've got to be able to start stocking up on supplies that you think might be affected by international conflict. Like it's not a bad idea to take a look at your daily use items and go, where is this fucking shit made? Like whatever you use on a daily basis, maybe you use a lot of batteries or maybe you use a lot of a certain type of chemical or maybe you use a certain lot of medication or you use a certain type of electronic or whatever does it is that you use on your daily basis for your hobbies, for your jobs, all that kind of stuff. Think about like, okay, where does this stuff really come from? Like when was the last time you saw where's my toilet paper made? Yeah. Because now a conflict in that area might mean that you – aren't going to get access to those supplies anymore. Right. A conflict in a certain part of, let's say, the United States and certainly other places in the world are going to affect logistical and supply lines. So start really paying attention to your daily use items. Go, where's this stuff come from? Do I need to find alternate sources for it? Do I need to find alternate venues for it? And do I need to start fucking stocking up like crazy on this shit to make sure I've got the right stuff?
1: Yeah, that's a huge thing. I mean, near that island in Taiwan... In those kind of neighboring areas, is one of the largest trade routes besides the one that goes past the, what is it, Singapore? Mm. You know, some of the largest naval trade routes in the world. I mean, everything goes through there. Mm. And it's like so. If they have that, they've got their man-made islands. Mm. How easy it to say, okay, no more trade goes through here. Yep. Right. No yep. more trade. That's it. We own it. No more trade. If you come in, you'll be intercepted with military forces. Mm. Right. That. I think that's something that could definitely realistically happen.
0: So here's a good uh, story, a medical reminder for everybody on two fronts First front, two men struck and killed while tending to injured dog on roadway that, This happened right here in Arizona uh, over in Paradise Valley Did you guys hear about this? No, no. I didn't Two men died after they were struck by a car while tending to an injured dog on the roadway Sunday night in Paradise Valley One of the men was also then run over That, that means you're dead the Arizona DPS said the incident started just before 640 uh, when 47-year-old Num Nuts struck a dog with his Mercedes-Benz in the first westbound lane of Lincoln Drive just east of 46th Street. He then turned the car around, got out, and tried to help the dog. At some point, 78-year-old guy came out of his house nearby to help the dog as well. While they were tending to it, a Lexus RX struck both of them. Oh, my gosh. After they had already been struck by the Lexus, the Nissan Sentra then drove over at least Holy one shit. of the victims. Both were taken to Scottsdale Hospital. They were pronounced dead. The dog also died. Okay, so what do we learn from this situation? Okay, first of all, what's the first rule of medical care? Scene safety. Scene safety. Right, S-A. Scene safety, accountability. Is it safe for me to approach this situation? Is the situation safe for me to be in? Is my patient or potential patient safe to remain in the situation? And accountability is everyone where they're supposed to be. Do I have full accountability of everyone who's supposed to be here? Then you can go into March. (laughs) I imagine this injured dog running around the roadway and this person tunnel visions in on them and starts running around trying to save them. And kudos to them for having the nobility in their heart and, and the compassion and empathy to try to rescue this wounded dog. Obviously didn't quite get it done. I
1: love dogs as much as the next person. I'm not if I hit a, I hit a random dog here. in the road, I'm going to stop and be like, wow, I feel really bad about that. And as shitty as this might sound, I'm also just going to continue on with my day. I'm sorry.
0: So here's, here's the second part. One is scene safety. Two is, let's just say neither one of these guys got killed, and they both managed to grab the dog and pull him to the side. What the fuck were they <laughs> yeah, going to do? That was my next
1: question is like, what are you going to fucking do? Did two like vet surgeons just randomly meet yeah. in the
0: same road on the same day and happen to hit a dog? Now, you don't have to be a highly skilled you know, veterinarian to be able to help a dog, right? Our, our own Adele teaches an amazing canine first aid program that he doesn't just teach through us, but also teaches to the Arizona uh, Department of Public Safety and about a half a dozen or more different agencies and canine units around the state. So it's a very well-known, very popular program. We offer it to our students as well. And so because of that, like, dude, if you're not taking advantage of that and you have a dog and you don't know how to fix them, what the fuck? I mean, it's bad enough people have their own bodies and don't know how to fix it. Now you're going to have other bodies. You don't know how to fix those either. Yeah. What the fuck? That's fucking stupid as shit. So it's like, dude, you should know how to fix this dog. And then what kind of trauma supplies were they carrying? Yeah. Probably fucking nothing. And so once they caught the fucker, what are they gonna what do? Are gonna Be do? like, "Holy shit, we just hit it with a car!" Yeah, his guts are fucking squished out, or he's bleeding to death, or his back is broke, or normal shit that happens to dogs when they get hit and run over by cars. And you're like, "What are you gonna do now, man?" Yeah. And let's just say you had to euthanize it. Do you have that capability? Do you have the capacity? Do you have a .22 mag to fucking shoot a dog? <laughs> or if you're in city limits and you don't feel like it's appropriate to discharge a firearm in city limits, do you have the capability to fucking choke something out? Because it's not that hard to choke out a wounded fucking animal. I'm not being heartless here. No. I'm saying yeah. it's not that fucking hard to do. Yeah. And sometimes that euthanization is the best thing you can do for an animal that's crippled and dying. Yeah, like imagine you just got hit by a fucking car.
1: A big ass car. Yeah. And it's you, a and little you way, dog. And it's yeah. a dog.
0: So f- it doesn't say what kind of dog it was. It means it could be anywhere from five to a hundred pounds. Yeah. Who, we don't even fucking know how big the dog was. DOA. Scene safety. Also, carry trauma supplies with you. Also. Know what the fuck you're doing. All right. It sucks, man. What a shitty way to lose. They're yeah. both, both guys. I'm, I'm going to guess at some level somebody loved them, right? Maybe a lot of people <gasps> loved them. And here's two dudes no longer on the planet because they were chasing a dog around a fucking highway. <laughs> yeah, I just, that wouldn't be me. No, 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 man. Oh, this story is too stupid. I'm not even going to fucking talk about it. <laughs> It's hard for me to say some of this fucking idiocy. All right. Let's see here. Um, American Airlines flight attendant, American Airlines now, not Frontier or Spirit, damn it, faces child porn charge after allegedly filming minors in airplane bathrooms. American Airlines flight attendant faces federal child pornography charges as he's accused of trying to secretly film a 14-year-old girl in an airplane bathroom and having videos of other young girls using the lavatory aboard the planes he works on. Estes Carter Thompson III, I always love telling the names of shitheads, so I hope someone (laughs) who knows them is like, I'm going to call that motherfucker and kick his ass, uh, was arrested in Virginia and charged with one count of attempted sexual exploitation of children and one count of possession of child pornography depicting a prepubescent minor. What he did was basically tape a phone up in the bathroom and would record. Wow. Um, After the flight attendant left the bathroom, the girl entered to find red stickers on the underside of the open toilet seat, which read, inoperative catering equipment and removed from service. It is alleged that beneath the red stickers, Thompson had concealed his iPhone to record a video. The girl took a picture of the concealed phone and returned to her seat to show her parents. So, I, 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 you know, there's some things that I go, man, I wish that didn't have to happen to people. And then there's some things that go, there's that meme with the, it's like Billy Graham or whatever. He's like, Lord, I've seen what you've done for other people. And I want you to do the same for me. Like the one that David just sent us about um, yeah. the 15, uh, the guy who accidentally bought 15 AK-47s for like 100 bucks or whatever, yeah. you know. And it had that meme, Lord, I've seen what you've done for other people. So I'm like, okay, this girl didn't get filmed. Okay, that's the, that's the win of the story, all right? So I, I, I think in my head, like, Lord, I've seen what you've done for other people, <laughs> and I want you to do this for me, all right? <laughs> I want one of my daughters to come back. We're on a family vacation, all right? I'm enjoying myself. I'm in super relaxed mode which not everyone gets to see me in super relaxed mode. When people see me in super relaxed mode, they ha- sometimes don't recognize me. Isn't that true? We've bumped into yeah. students. Like we bumped into a student paddle boarding one time, and I'm like so, I'm like shirtless, board shorts, flip flops, with the kids, beer in hand, sun hat, cruising down the fucking river on my paddle board. And he, our student rolls up and he's like, Glenn? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've only ever seen you in boots and pants talking about killing people or whatever. Like I'm like, yeah, man, I don't do that most of the time. <laughs> but uh, – but I'm a super relaxed motor. I'm on a plane. I'm just hanging out, getting ready to go on vacation. Maybe I'm
2: coming he back. He sings to himself too. He's like, Yeah, I do. I sing a lot.
0: And uh, maybe I'm coming back from a trip, you know, and now I'm like super vegged out. I'm just, like, super. And, and one of our daughters comes over and is like, Hey, dad, look what I just found. I'm like, Okay. I would go to the front of the plane and I would start. Beating the fuck out of everyone I encountered from seat one all the way back to seat 286 or whatever until someone told me who the fuck put the phone in the bathroom. You know what I mean? It's like how I – it's how I envision like if someone ever like kidnapped my kid, I'm like, oh, okay. I don't really know what to do. So here's what I do know how to do. <laughs> Scorched earth. I'm just yeah. going to start with my neighbors. And if they don't know anything, I'm going to keep moving down the line, burning down houses and hanging people from streetlights until eventually someone fucking knows something. You know what I mean? And whoever knows something is definitely gonna be like, man, this guy's on a fucking rampage. Yeah, I should probably fucking do something before he gets to my house. Right. Like my point being is. I would not handle that well yeah. <laughs> as a father. I, I can see some guys would be like, oh, excuse me, flight attendant, miss. Somebody did this. I would like walk in there, rip off the phone and goes, whose fucking phone is this? Whose phone is this? I'm opening up right now. Yeah. I'm going to find out whose phone this is. And guess what? We're all in a fucking metal tube. Yeah, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. And there's no one on this flight that's strong enough to fucking stop me. I guarantee it. So once I find out who this is. <laughs> You're fucking dying. <laughs> Here, at 10,000 feet, your life fucking ends. Wherever we're headed, you don't get to go there. So
2: you know well, how I mean? did they figure <laughs> out it was?
0: It doesn't say. I'm assuming she told her parents. The parents probably told the flight attendants. Flight attendants were like, oh, that's so-and-so's phone. He was a fucking flight attendant. Uh,
1: you know, and, people and no think that attendant. these these cases like this aren't an isolated <laughs> thing, right? But, like, these people clearly take jobs to get They totally do. Like, specific
0: Advantage and access to kids Oh yeah
1: Time and time again I mean you see it all the time It's like the school teacher The janitor
0: The football coach Yep You know Yeah And it's why it's so important To talk to your kids About this kind of stuff And to recognize those kinds of things Like hey If you see something out of place Like we teach our kids If you see something out of place It's because it's out of place Yeah And worst case scenario
1: It's nothing Yeah Right
2: And you're just a dick Which is okay Yeah
1: Sometimes you have to be a dick Yeah You know
0: Oh, let's see. We'll do one more story for tonight. Uh, What do we got? Oh, shit. I almost just fucked uh, everything up. All right. Um, Al Gore. (laughs) Everyone's favorite guy. How is this guy still relevant?
2: How is that guy still relevant? What did
0: Al Gore ever actually do? And He's not a war hero. He's not a a professor. He's not a fucking astronaut. He's not an inventor. Uh, He claims to be, but uh, he's not... All right, he's a nobody, right? And people still, like, give a shit about what this fucking guy says. So this is what he says, all right? At the recent uh, COP28 climate change conference, he says that social media has disrupted the balance that used to exist that made representative democracy work much better. And basically what he's saying is... People having access to information outside of mainstream media sources is a threat to quote unquote democracy, and that social media algorithms need to be banned. And his whole basis on this is that essentially he's unhappy that misinformation can be fact checked by individuals and not continued to push bullshit. Does this guy work for the fucking CCP or what? <laughs> like, remember this is the same guy that that. Predicted the North Pole would be ice-free in five to seven years. Like 30 fucking years ago. This guy's a fucking idiot. All these people are fucking idiots. Like, when I look at this dude, I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And everyone like him are just fucking idiots. And yet we still... Allow them to have relevance in our lives. We still allow these people to be elected officials. We still allow them to make decisions for us. We say, you know, he don't make no decisions for me. Full fucking shit. He's at the goddamn climate conference.
1: Oh, you want to talk about fucking climate change? Every time I drive down the 17 or the 60 or whatever and I see those, like, what is it? Fucking ozone advisory billboards, mm-hmm. you know, that the the city puts out. Yeah. On, yeah. Like the, the shit. Every time I see one of those, I just think. Taylor Swift's dumb stupid fucking blonde ass has probably taken eight private jet fucking rides today. Yeah. <clears> which is more than my little ranger yeah. will ever put out in my entire fucking existence. Oh, yeah. So yeah. fuck off. It's well, like what, what every, that everyone, shit flies, me everyone flies, everyone flies to the
0: climate nuts. change conference in yeah. their private jets. They don't, yeah. they don't carpool. Like little, they don't jump on one giant jet. They all fly there individually yeah. in their own little private jet. Little jets.
1: fucking Greta, little, little Greta Ornberg, Thunberg or whatever the fuck person her name is.
0: Where the fuck does she even come from? What the fuck does she even know?
1: She takes a boat a fucking yacht trip where do you think all your waste goes dumbass into the ocean and your precious little fucking climate all those people are con artists in my opinion what were you say Drew?
2: I think they are um I can't remember the term I was just trying to look it up about that Taylor Swift she, cause she just got in trouble but then she defended yeah, herself her. saying that she was advertising. Like I can't T-shirt? remember
0: no. what Not her, her,
2: what no, her, her. Yeah, stupid answer was why it was why it's okay for her to do it
0: well, of course it's okay for her to do because it. Because she's
1: Taylor Swift. It's always
0: okay for them to do it. Like, it's okay for them to have guns, but it's not okay for us to have them. Yeah. It's okay for them to have security, but it's not okay for us to have security. Yeah. It's okay for them to have tax shelters, but it's not okay for us to have tax shelters. <laughs> it's always okay for the for those who have set themselves up. And here, Here's the biggest problem. It's like, it's like when we talk about doctors and medical professionals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's nothing in life that will get me fired up faster than when someone talks down to me. Because it's like, hold on a second. Did you die for my sins? Yeah. Are you the Savior Jesus Christ? Unless you're the Savior Jesus Christ, you don't have anything on me, dude. I don't give a fuck how many years you did X. I don't give a fuck what company you work for. I I hang out with CEOs of the major fucking corporations. Major corporations. For products you use every fucking day. Those are friends of mine. My friends are the head trauma surgeons. My friends are CEOs over here. My friends are command sergeant major over here or lieutenant colonel, colonel general over here. These are the people I hang out with and none of them talk down to me, even though they fucking could. Yeah. Because they understand one simple thing. They're just fucking people. So anytime somebody uses their station in life, whether they've acquired that through skill or manipulation or, you know, it's been passed on to them or whatever. Anytime someone uses that to look down on other people, fuck you. Like that's, a, that's an immediate fuck you to me. So as soon as some fucking celebrity, like when I I've had the opportunity throughout my career, especially because of the career I'm in. To work with mostly through training stuff, a variety of different celebrities from athletes to movie stars to political officials, etc. People who are famous, some of them infamous, to be honest. And uh, I wouldn't work with anyone who fucking talked down to me,
1: yeah,
0: because there's regular fucking people, so they do exist, so I can't label all of them like that, but the vast majority of them are the T Swifts. And the Al Gore's and the whoever the fucks who think they're fucking something where it's like you are not better than the average person. And the only reason is the average person continues to get shit on, continues to overpay for stupid fucking concert tickets, continues oh, to pay too fucking much fucking tax. Prefer. The, the mm-hmm. people who continue to pay too much fucking tax money, et cetera, et cetera, is because they – everyone has forgotten that we are the fucking power. Yeah, We are the power. Slaves are slaves because they allow slavery. That's it. 10 We're to slaved. go
1: see that bitch fucking, fucking run her yap. Insane. Also, you, you know, fun fact about T-Swift is she was, uh, there was a proposition made to use her as a government psyop like two years ago. Look that shit up. Because how much influence she has.
0: Yeah. Well, they renamed, when she came here, they temporarily renamed Glendale.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was, that's they right. They did that in a...
0: The fucking mayor of Glendale renamed Glendale.
1: This is why I fucking hate her.
0: Like, I'm sorry, nobody, again, I'm sorry, are, are you the Savior, Jesus Christ? Yeah. If you're not the Savior, Jesus Christ, you don't have anything on anyone. Yeah. And the only thing he's got is that he died for all mankind, right? I mean, that's even if you believe that. Yeah. Right? So my point is, is like, there's literally no one on the planet who has anything on anyone. I don't care who you are or what you've accomplished. There's someone out there who was better, faster, stronger, smarter than you. For every Alexander the Great, there's a Genghis Khan. Yeah. For every Genghis Khan, there's a Marcus Strelius, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like, there, it just, there's always someone who's going to be stronger, faster, smarter than you. Yeah. At least your peer, if not better. So, like, stay fucking humble out there. You know what I mean? Because that's the reality of things. Yeah. So, yeah, as soon as someone starts talking to me, like, I don't know what I'm fucking talking about, or starts trying to tell me bullshit that's not fucking true, Oh, my God, these fucking people. We allow it, though. That's the shitty part. Yeah. It only continues because we let it happen.
1: I saw the shit. She fucking... I'm going to drop Taylor Swift.
0: You really fucking hate Taylor Swift, man. I do. I cannot fucking stand her ass. Show me on the doll where the Taylor Swift touched you, dude. Right there. Right between the eyes. Uh,
1: (laughs) Right next to my medic with my left eye. Oh, my God! Now, (coughs) Taylor Swift and my
2: medic is going to be all over my phone now. Thanks again. Taylor
1: Swift, giant. (laughs) Taylor Swift, Brendan, my medic... Fucking med kits. Oh <laughs> I, I so badly have a new idea I want to push out.
0: Taylor Swift. Oh <laughs> Taylor Swift God. med kits from my medic. Hey, don't don't fucking tell my medic this. They'll be all over it. They'll like, fucking. They don't give a that's shit. That's a
1: great way to make any, five more cents.
0: Any, anything for a fucking nickel fucking when you're shits. a whore. Yeah, when <laughs> you're a whore, you don't care. <laughs> You'll fuck anything for a dollar. Fucking faggots. All right, Independence Training Gear moment. Have non-permissive environment, or what you often see called NPE options, available at all times. Life is unpredictable. Um, we, we had a, a, a personal family emergency, um, where someone ended up in a hospital and, uh, had an extended stay. During that extended stay, I needed to stay with them. And so I basically just, like, literally yesterday, lived at the, hospital. Stopped, lived at the fucking hospital for, for about six days. And, uh, you know, it's it's harder to conceal carry a gun when I'm and, and living there. If I'm going to visit someone, I'm just like, bopping in the room. Hey, bro, what's up? Here's some fucking flowers and candy. I'm out of here. That's different than I live there where I'm being, you know, intruded upon by nurses and staff and all that kind of shit all the time. And I'm walking around everyone I'm going to the cafeteria and I'm, like, mingling with all the people, like, for days on end, 24 hours a fucking day, I'm here. But that doesn't mean that I walked around unarmed because there's parental conflicts in the hospital. There are criminal conflicts in the hospital. There's crazy people who might come to the hospital. There's active shooters who might show up. To the hospital. There's um, upset, disgruntled employees who might be at the hospital. So, yeah, violence might still be available uh, as an option there. So I still had non-permissive environment tools on me at all times. Honestly, no one ever said anything about my clinch pick, so I just carried my clinch pick everywhere. And it's concealed underneath my shirt, and it's really easy to conceal underneath my shirt. But I had a couple other tools that are relatively easy to keep handy. So just be thinking about, like, it's cool to have your EDC and your badass loadout and all your cool guy shit. But what if you're – all of a sudden, it's like I literally went from – I'm heading to a rifle competition. To I am going to the fucking hospital and now, and literally with what I had with me, I'm now living at the hospital for six fucking days. Yeah, you know, and that that was my life. Um, so, what do I have with me at all times that I can use in potentially non-permissive environments? So, life's unpredictable. You never know. Consider some tools you can carry with you everywhere you go. You want some options. Highly recommend looking up our boy over at uh, PHL Knives. Go to Instagram, look up PHL Knives. Got a great Etsy store, phenomenal fucking tools, all plastic options, some really great stuff. Um, No One Coming is another great uh, option. A lot of great tools out there, but those are kind of the ones that I tend to to use the most. So, Independence Training Gear Moment brought to you by TrainingAZ.com. Our topic for this week everything in moderation. Addiction is designed to reduce you. So uh, this topic came from a few listeners who wanted to know our opinions on a couple things. Uh, one listener is very specifically wanted to know how we feel about people being addicted to electronic social media, what that kind of looks like. Uh, and he was telling a story just about how uh, he had recognized how much he was on his phone. And basically every free moment that he wasn't doing something, he was on his phone. He didn't know how to be bored. He didn't know how to, you know, just hang out. And then he noticed his girlfriend was basically doing the same thing. And that, you know, it was like, dude, every time, you know, we were out, he's like, I always laughed at couples. I would go out to dinner. I would see these couples. They're both on their phone. And I would laugh. And he's like, and then I realized, hey, that's us. You know what I mean? Like anytime we're not engaged in conversation, phones are out. We're looking at shit. And so we started, you know, having a, a conversation via email about dopamine and stuff like that and how important it is and blue light and all those kinds of things that we know are addictive sources. Like these are things that are normal things. Um, and then another, another student or another uh, listener, I mean, was asking about, you know, addiction to things like alcohol, caffeine, tobacco. Um, are, are, do we have, you know, what kind of experience do we have with that? And, uh, and if we ever had to stop or any of that kind of stuff So, so I'll kind of start with saying this There's this concept That says moderation is for cowards Now what they're talking about In that concept In my opinion Is moderating things to make them easier So like You moderate your workout Hey I'm just going to do a little at a time So I don't get sore It's like fuck that, get sore You know uh, people go, oh, I'm just going to do it a little bit at a time, you know. I don't, I don't want to, want to go too hard. I don't want to get hurt. It's like fuck that, get hurt. Like that's what we're talking about. We say moderation for cowards. We're not saying moderation in things that are dangerous or even deadly to you is for cowards. Moderation is needed in some things in life, and and so to give you guys some like here, you know, everyone who's listening to the show knows at some point in time I'm you know going to tell personal stories. I think there's a lot of value in that. And uh, so for a, a, a good part of my early 20s, I, I was incredibly heavy drinker. And, uh, and and I had my own reasons for that. And uh, and most people are like, oh, this is the military? No, it's my ex-wife. If you ever met her? You would know exactly why I drank so fucking much. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd rather get shot at every fucking day of my goddamn life than spend 13 fucking seconds around that crazy person. <laughs>
2: Luckily, we got to spend a whole weekend. Yeah, that.
0: well, we don't have to spend a whole weekend. But, yes, I had to see her this past week, and it was a... Fucking nightmare. Reminded me why I used to drink so much. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, so it's like, yeah, man, you know, I, I used to drink a lot. And and I realized one day that I was basically, you know, my friends were like drinking friends. Like all we did was drink. And we we still had fun. We still did things. But I was like, do I really have anything in common with these people other than just drinking alcohol? alcohol? You know yeah. what I mean? Like is alcohol, are we alcohol friends? Are we anything else? Can we do anything else without this? And, uh, and then I was like, you know what, I, I really want uh, – I want to see you. Know, my my oldest kids were were younger, very young, and I was like, I, I want to see if I can live this life without this. And so, literally, cold turkey, which is dangerous and difficult, um, I poured all my alcohol ad in the house down the drain, um, which is you know alcohol abuse. And I apologize now to everybody who's listening for abusing alcohol in that way. Uh, but at the time, it was kind of um, symbolic for me to like say goodbye, right? And then I was, I was sober for seven years and uh, didn't have a drink of anything. And, uh, and then you can, my continued uh, marriage to my ex-wife made me get back into drinking and then, <laughs> and then eventually I divorced her. And uh, I drank less, shockingly. But, uh, but anyways, my point is, is that it's possible to, to stop doing things that you can recognize are poisonous to you. You know, I have a friend right now who's two years into stopping smoking. After he stopped smoking, we've been friends about 14 years. And I would say he stopped smoking six times during that time. The longest I've ever known him to go is just a few months. And it was very difficult. He's two years now and uh, of no smoking. He vaped, uh, did the robot dick thing there for a little while, and then stopped that. And now he's not doing anything and, and I'm really proud of him and he feels good and he feels better and he looks better uh, and he's saving money and, and everything's better for him. And one of the things I like to do is every now and then, usually about one month out of the year, sometimes two months out of the year, but definitely one month out of the year, I stop drinking. It's really the only, um, I shouldn't say it's the only advice I have. It's the only, uh, so chemical advice that I have, right? Like, I don't chew anymore. I, I haven't dipped in a long time, so that's no big deal for me. Um, I don't really do anything else like that. And so I'll stop drinking. And and a lot of times what I'll do during that time is I will journal. And I'll journal every day um, about how I feel. And a lot of times I'll ask other people to join me on this journey. Drew's joined me. Um, <clears throat> two years ago, I had, like, a whole group of friends. It was, like, six of us. And we just all stopped for a whole month. And it was like, all let right, right, let's, let's journal. And then at the end, let's talk about, like, what did we really learn? How do we feel? How do we look? How do we see ourselves? Um, Did I feel like I really wanted it? Was I craving it? Was it hard for me to not do it? And when I wanted to do it, why did I want to do it? Did I want to do it because it was giving me something like, hey man, it helps me relax. Okay. Are there other things that help me relax? I'm super stressed out. Okay. Are there other things that I can use you know, to, to neutralize my stress. Or, oh, I need it to handle this problem. Okay, well, you can't handle that problem when you're drinking. You're going to have to be sober to handle that problem. But if you're drinking to handle the problem, guess what's not happening? You're not handling the fucking problem, right? So during that time, there were things that I noticed. I was, um, I, I always noticed this. Every time I stop drinking, there's things I notice. One, I have more money <laughs> because alcohol is expensive. Uh, two, I wouldn't say I lose weight, gain weight, physically feel that different but I sleep better. I always sleep better. Um, I'm less snippy with my wife. I'm less snappy. You know, if I'm really moderating that very carefully, when I find that I'm some nights, you know, some weeks, I just kind of let it go. And i I'm drinking every night, you know, I'm having a couple beers or whatever. It's not, I'm getting, not getting drunk every night, but I'm having a couple beers. I'm not sleeping well, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of compounds. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, more, I'm more irritable. Sleep less. Don't sleep as well. You know, I have, I kind of have insomnia almost naturally. I kind of have since I was a kid. And, um, you know, so for me to one night, like, it could be tonight. It, it's a fucking dice roll. I just won't go to bed till 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'll still get up at 6. But I just fucking won't go to bed. Like, I won't go to sleep. I'll stay up and watch movies. I'll clean guns in the fucking garage. I'll mill around the house all fucking night. I'll do all kinds of crazy shit. Um, so I think that there's this lesson that I've learned over time. Like when I, when I stopped dipping, for example, I, I dipped for several years and, uh, that was kind of an easier decision for me. And I weaned myself off of it. It was a little bit easier to do that. The reason I just stopped, I started doing that was honestly, I just got, it's fucking gross to be honest. It was just nasty. After a while, I'm like, this is a nasty fucking habit. Like I am always spitting shit all over the fucking place, you know, and, and I'm about, for me, when I dipped, I'm like a 50-50, like, uh, you know, sometimes I don't spit out the tobacco juice, and <laughs> 50% of the time I do spit out, um, and I was like old school, you know, full leaf, long cut kind of guy, and uh, and so it was just a nasty habit, you know, and, and I really saw a lot of my friends starting to be negatively affected from it, and, um, and uh, it just just wasn't what I wanted to do anymore with my life. So that was kind of an easier thing to stop. You know, alcohol is more of a social thing too, so that's a harder thing to stop. When I stopped cold turkey, uh, I used to get thirsty. For several months, I would get so thirsty. I would stand at the fucking sink and just drink cup after cup after cup after cup of water. I mean, like my belly was just like fucking distended with water, you know. Go piss a gallon in 30 minutes because I was just so – I was craving it, you know, because I was so – my body was so used to it. That was hard. Um, Now when I stop, it's not as hard because I'm not going as hard in the paint with drinking. Sometimes I go days, you know, and I won't even touch a beer. Like I was just in the hospital for a time never touched a drink. I didn't need to, didn't want to, didn't care to, you know, Till last night when we got home. I, I hadn't had a beer in almost a week, you know. And so I think that there's, you know, there's a difference there. But understand that anytime you feel like you're addicted to something, you're reduced. And I've talked about alcohol, maybe a little bit of tobacco, but there's other things. You can be addicted to social media. You can be addicted to work. You can be addicted to pornography. You can be addicted to um, playing video games. You can be addicted to spending too much time by yourself. You can be addicted to anything that gives you an easy dopamine hit, anything that doesn't have effort into it. And it's easy to get addicted to that. You know, I mean, we talked about, like, you know, pornography addiction before on the show and how many guys struggle with that. And it's so easy, you know. I remember when I was a kid, uh, when the internet first – well, for, before internet, right, I'd have to go – like, you had to, like – you had to know somebody who's, like, big brother or dad had, like, some Playboys under their bed. You know what I mean? You'd, like, sneak in and steal that shit so you could look at some boobies. Um, that wasn't really that hardcore porn. you know, usually naked chicks that most of us considered quote unquote porn when we were kids. Once the internet came around when I was like in high school, um, you know, dial up, you, you know, to download one naked pic of a chick was like 30 fucking minutes. You know what I mean? It's just like this, 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 is, this, is, uh, this is too much. This is, I don't I have this kind of time. You know what I mean? Like I'm a busy guy. Um, and then, as faster internet and more video services, and then, and then now everything's free, right there's all these free services. I mean, it's not hard to go on the internet now and find pornography. So now when I've got to deal with my sons and pornography, it's so easy for them to get it. And it's, I heard one time that it's hard to define pornography, but you know it when you see it mm-hmm. And it is kind of hard to define it. like what is is looking at Victoria's secret uh, catalog pornography right is watching this movie with a sex scene in is that pornography like what is pornography I was like you'll you'll know it you'll know when you see it I'm not saying those things are or aren't I'm saying you'll know when you fucking see it and so when you look at like the dopamine hit that happens there I was working with a friend of mine years ago who was very addicted to pornography to the point where it was affecting his marriage Um, it was affecting his personal self It, it was uh he was tired all the time um, and he was really down on himself. He had really low self confidence and he was viewing pornography several times, many times a day. Um, it, it shot, I'm not even actually going to say the number because it's, it's fucking crazy. All right. And it was, you know, his wife knew about it and it was affecting their relationship. And so we're sitting there. I remember sitting on the tailgate of his truck and he's telling me about everything, you know, and I d I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so like what what about that dopamine hit is so like such a big deal? Like why why can't you find that somewhere else? You know, why do you have to look up that, right? Well, obviously most of the time, especially for guys, pornography is obviously gonna freaking, you know, lead to masturbation. Like it's definitely gonna go that route. And so he's like, Yeah, well, you know, it's just that 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 dope that that, that that dopamine hit, you know an orgasm. I'm like, dude, what's that? What's that last for you? Like a couple seconds, right? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, and then, and then you feel bad about yourself. Well, how long does that last? Longer than dopamine hit? Okay. He's like, yeah, but then that's why more times throughout the day I'm seeking out that dopamine hit. It's like, okay. And I'm like, well, why don't you just try to go, you know, pursue your wife more? Like, why don't you just go, you know, you're married, dude. Go make that woman your porn star. You know what I mean? Like, and be that way to her. That's how it fucking works, bro, you know? And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, rejection. The woman on the screen never rejects me. I'm never rejected by that. And I couldn't get in that vein, but I understood I'm holding a beer in my hand right now. I
1: understood. I'm gonna say we. Literally based all on us have drinks. <laughs>
0: they, there's this. There's this great country song. Okay, and I am a country boy, so I don't mind country music. I like all music, but country music I'm okay with. There's this great song, and I listen to it quite a bit. It's pretty funny. And there's a lot of great songs about beer, um, in uh, in country music. But there's this great one called uh, "Long Neck," or uh, "Long Neck Cold about- Beer Never Broke My Heart."
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And, and it's this whole song about, like, this guy's like, man, there's there's this constant in my life, right? You know, he's like, women and jobs and, you know, sports teams and everything's come and gone. But, man, this beer right here never broke my heart. And so I'm sitting there talking to this guy, I'm like, man, I don't totally understand what you mean. But I can fucking – I can get down with what you're talking about, dude. Because sometimes I can go to a drink, and I have definitely done that in the past in my life. You know, for the for the first little bit of my time out of the military, I, I, I had a really, really fucking hard time. I was, I was very low. Um, I had a very, very fucking hard time. And um, and I swam around in the bottle of booze for about three months, uh, honestly, before I fucking came up for air and, uh, and realized I, I was going broke. And I had to, like, maybe get a job. And, and yeah. guess what, dude? Now you have to be a member of society and shit. You know, turns out you didn't die in the last three months, so looks like you're still kicking around. You gotta do some shit now. And so my point is, is like I could understand what he was talking about. Just like, in
1: a different way.
0: Beer never yeah. rejected me, man. Yeah. A whiskey never rejected me. If I needed to feel better, that never said no.
1: Yeah.
0: Friends could say no. My family said no. Women have definitely said no. You know, my jobs have said no. My life has said no, God has said no, but, but beer never said no, you know what I mean? And no, I, so,
1: I, I totally get what you're saying because like when I first met you guys, I still wasn't drinking
0: yet. It fucking broke you with that shit. I mean, <coughs> we a, encouraged you. It was a you. conscious decision <laughs> to come back to
1: drinking, not influenced in any way by independence training.
0: No, but for real like, though. We used to have an instructor who was a vegan when he joined us. And he was like, I'm vegan. A month fucking later, after hanging out with us, fucking eating meat. Anyway, continue. But yeah, I
1: mean, (laughs) the same way, I mean, you've got all these different things going on in your life, and it's like, fuck, I'm just going to have a drink. Mm. You know what I mean? Me and all the boys are just going to go out for drinks. And then it's like, yeah, well, we close the bar out Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's just go close it out again on Monday. And then Tuesday. Mm. And then Wednesday. And then we're all too broke to go, so we drink in the barracks. And then it's like, okay, cool, we're going on leave. All the other stressors were supposed to go away because we're leaving that environment and we're going to, to, to new stressors, to be mm. fair. But some of the other shit is gone now. And then, like, you know, I'd get home and just be plastered mm. every day. You know, middle of the day, running errands. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop at the gas station. It's noon. Grab, yeah. like, four or five tall boys. Right. Right? Like, normal people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I figured out. But because the environment I was in, that was normal. Because everyone else was like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was just, hey, just we're just getting fucked up. We're just getting a little buzz on. And then later tonight, we'll ride that buzz into blacking out. Mm -hmm. Right? And then it was just that, that, that. I realized I needed to stop drinking when I took like a weekend off. And I was sober for a weekend. And and everyone else was like normal Mm -hmm. for the weekend. And I was like, holy shit, am I like that? Is this me? (laughs) Is that me? For real, though. I was I like, totally I was like, know what you're talking about, I was dude. like, holy fuck. Like, yep. why are they doing that? Why are, why are those guys fighting? Why all these questions, all these whys? And I was like, holy fucking shit. If I, was, if I was 10 sheets to win right now, I'd be right there with them. You know what I mean? And it's nothing against those guys. You know, a couple of them even got sober, too. Um, and I was like, fuck, I put on like 10, 15 pounds, and it sure as fuck isn't muscle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, th- like, this is disgusting. I'm not saying anyone who drinks a lot is disgusting. I'm just saying these were my, this was my inner monologue, you know, and I was like, okay, I got to stop drinking. So same thing, I I went cold turkey and yeah, craved it a lot because it's like, yeah, we get off work in an hour. Good thing I'm already eight beers in, Mm -hmm. right? Stumble out to formation, fucking do the thing and then go out. And it's just like, you kind of have to learn how to do your daily routine in a different way you know, without that. And it's fucking hard, you know?
0: And I think the question, like you had mentioned is, well, why am I drawn to it then? Yeah. You know? And so this was like, you know, my question to, to my guy. And he's like, well, why are you drawn to this? Like any addiction, you're drawn into it for some reason, right? Why do people lose themselves in video games or fantasy? It's because their life blows normally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind people who play video games. I play video games sometimes. It's fucking fun. If you don't play video games, that's cool. If you do play video games, that's cool. I don't really fucking care. But if you're addicted to video games, if you can't live without them, if if your day has to involve them, if you're constantly seeking that dopamine, it's like, well, why? You're finding fulfillment because your character got a... Extra level or a super cool yeah. sword Or whatever like oh and that's like the whole thing that fulfills Your character and it's like and normally we look at people Like that their life fucking sucks yeah. Like no one who has an amazing life has a level 78 mage on some fucking gay <laughs> Video game you know what I mean like that's just Not typically how it fucking goes yeah. You know well, These amazing exterior lives may still play Video games it's fun you know what I mean? There's a couple arcades we go to. Drew and I'll go on dates, or we'll take the kids, or whatever. It's fun. I like playing little pinball games or Mortal Kombat's, or like the, even the new shit's really fun. But dude, I also don't mind. Like, oh, you want to turn the game off? Okay. Oh, we're done with this game? Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't really fucking care. It's just a thing. Yeah, it's just like I'm. This is a thing that I'm using to fill this slot in time. And normally, if I'm playing a video game, it's because I'm hanging out with my kids, or Drew and I are doing it together. Or, or you
2: can't sleep because you have insomnia. Or I
0: just I can't sleep. and I'm trying to make myself fucking fall asleep, which. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole thing about that. But, <laughs> anyways, it's like, you know, there's, yeah. And, and even then, most of the time, I read a book, watch a movie, go organize some shit in the garage, right? Like, I go do something that has some kind of more effect to it. My point being is w- when you look at, you know, why are you doing this thing? This is my buddy's like, yeah. So I thought about that. I really thought about that. Okay. You're fearing rejection from your wife. Girl on the screen never says no okay. It's like, dude, I think you and your wife might have some pretty serious fucking problems. And pornography isn't actually the problem.
1: Filling that gap.
0: Yeah, like, the problem is you need to talk to your wife and go, like, hey, babe, this is the thing. And, like, I'm this way, this is my love language, or whatever, and, like, I need this, or I need that, or I am your spouse, and you don't have to, like, you must fuck me every day. It's not that kind of thing, but it's, like, yeah, to an extent, yes. Like, you have to meet your partner's needs. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not their wants right. or their wishes, but their needs at the very least. And if you're not, then you're not a good fucking partner. I'm sorry, you're fucking not, you know? And it's like, I wish we- I wish more women listened to our show so they could fucking hear me say that. Like, it. it that's the downside sometimes to being a partner.
1: Well, it's like... You, you-, you know, you have
0: to, like, fulfill the needs of your partner. You may not want to do it, but over time... You're going to want to do more of what your partner wants to do. I don't care if that's hiking or fucking. I don't give a shit what it is. Right. But it's one, one of those ways you have to fulfill the needs of your partner. If not, don't have a fucking partner. Right. Or don't have that partner. And this was kind of the conversation I ended up having with him. And as I'm having this conversation with him at the time, I was like – at that time in my life, I was sober and I was thinking back to like, man. Like, this is the kind of conversation I wish someone would have had with me, mm-hmm. but about drinking. You know what I mean? About, like, dude, you are filling a gap in your life with something. You're not having fun. You are drinking yeah. to get drunk. Are you drinking alone? You have a fucking problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not talking about having a cold beer or whatever while yeah, you're like out, out down fishing alone. Yeah, exactly. On a you're, Tuesday you're by you're yourself. fucking putting them down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if yeah, if you're drinking... PBR or Natty Light or some bush or some shit like that just to get your fucking drunk on by yourself, that is a fucking problem. You have a fucking problem. I don't have a problem. Yeah, you fucking do. Yeah, Yeah, You do have a fucking problem. And that problem is you're filling a gap in your life with something else. Yeah. So this is where I think the moderation thing comes in because it could be caffeine, food. I know people who drink way too much caffeine, too many energy drinks, too much coffee, too much whatever. There's too much of anything is not good. Even the best things you can think of, the best foods, the best sex, the best adventure, too much of anything is not good because it creates an imbalance in your life. And it creates something that is almost impossible to replace. I'll, I'll use, you know, alcohol as an example. It, it cr- alcohol creates a mental state that is impossible to create without alcohol. You can't smoke weed and feel like you feel when you're drunk, right? You can't do shrooms and feel like you feel when you smoke weed, right? Like everything that you're going to do is going to provide a different experience. If I go on an amazing hike and I summit a peak, that's a feeling that can't be replaced by anything else I've ever done in my life. But if that's the only thing that I seek in my life is to summit peaks and I'm just constantly going out there like I'm going to start pushing more important shit out of the fucking way so I can get this goddamn dopamine hit mm-hmm. of summing this peak. And dopamine is an addictive drug. It's a highly addictive drug. It's necessary for our lives. But you do a little research into it. it it's it's pretty interesting when you look at you know dopamine and serotonin mm-hmm. and things like that and, and how they really work in your body.
1: Yeah, well, not only that, but I mean… Certain things can deplete your dopamine levels to a point where you're at a deficit mm-hmm. and you get uh, dopamine <coughs> sickness or serotonin sickness. yeah, one of the two. And those can cause serious fucking problems. <coughs> you. Absolutely. Like long lasting effects, whether it's like psychosis or mm. lots of other things that those can cause depression. Yeah, depression schizophrenia? is a
0: thing. Yeah, it, schizophrenia. Yeah, schizophrenia. It's a that. symptom of dopamine sickness, yeah.
1: Because that's when you're, for anyone who doesn't know, that's when you're burning out your dopamine mm-hmm. reserves that your body literally saves for like, okay, we're dying. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're leaving this earth. <clears throat> we're going to dump chemicals. Mm-hmm. It burns through that reserve. Mm-hmm. And then your body has to work so fucking hard to build that back up to get the reserve filled up, not mm-hmm. even back to normal functioning mm-hmm. levels. And that can take weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And all throughout the day, you get little dopamine mm-hmm. hits, right? And that's what keeps, keeps you balanced, keeps you going. Keeps mm-hmm. you going. Now you take that away and your, your reserve is completely drained or trying to work its way back up. But we haven't even reached normal functioning levels. Yeah. So day in, day out for however long it takes your body to rebuild that, you're getting nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? That's a huge fucking problem. People are getting seriously fucked up from that.
0: And too much dopamine, right? Because on the one side, you're talking about not enough. Mm-hmm. So on the other side, too, nope, too much dopamine is incredibly heavily linked to both aggressiveness, excuse me, dep- uh, depression, and, of course, the biggest problem, which is problem controlling your, your impulses, problem controlling who you, what, what you want. That's why people who get addicted to something, they're just like, I can't stop. You're like, yeah, you, you can. No, I can't. You don't understand. I can't. And it's like, okay. That's how you know you have a problem. Yeah. If you can't stop it, if you can't put your phone down, if every single time – I want you guys to, to try something. Because social media blue light, all the shit that they're using in your phone to very specifically psyop the shit out yeah, of that all shit of America, is heavily engineered, incredibly engineered. The way, uh, the way that Instagram presents things, the color of your screen, the way that you hit like and it's a heart. All of those fucking things. All of those things. We're not accidental. It's a giant fucking style. So I want you guys to run this test on yourself. And you may pass it or you may go, fuck, I have a problem. You run this test. Start counting throughout the day how many times you reach for your phone. Not to make an important phone call. Not to receive or send an important text. But how many times when you're sitting there doing nothing or at work Or driving down the road or stuck in traffic or whatever. How many times do you reach for your phone? If you're a parent, remember that your little people are watching you. And they're watching how you spend your time. You know, I spent this last week with a family member in the hospital. I did everything I could to stay off the phone. I made important phone calls. I sent important texts. If he was asleep, I would try to do my Instagram shit during that time or I would post during that time or whatever. But it's like if he was awake, man, I was on it, right? I'm Not on it, I mean, but on him. Like I was I was in the moment. I was present because this was an important time in my life. And I watched. I felt that urge sometimes to like where's my phone? Where well, I got to go. No, I don't. So – I was reading reports recently um, <clears throat> and, and actually just ordered uh, – or I'm, I'm researching, I should say, and I I think I'm, I'm ready to make a, a good purchase decision because decision, it seems simple enough. But an alarm clock. When I grew up, all we had was alarm clocks and we got our asses up. And the second alarm clock was my father. Don't let it get to the second yeah, alarm don't get clock. clock. <laughs> All right? Unless you love five gallons of bucket of water in your fucking head or you like the mattress being flipped over on you, uh, if you dig that shit, then the second alarm clock is for you. All right? but, <laughs> but if you just want to like not do that, first alarm clock. The alarm clock went off one fucking time and then we got out of bed. It was a challenge a friend of ours, Tyler, um, gave me for 30 days. Was... Um, he, he does something called the 100 day challenge Which is actually really cool If you want to look it up on Instagram It's called the 100 day challenge Really good challenge But um, one of the things he does for uh, That he challenges you know, people like his friends Is like hey for 30 days get up on the first alarm I, I couldn't fucking do it man It was fucking hard you know. But it made me get up faster And now I'm doing a better job Instead of silencing or snoozing And I'm like alright Time to get up You know what I mean Because I've gotten so used over the years Just ah snooze Ah maybe another snooze Okay fine I'll get up right but it's like, no, it's like get up on the first fucking time. So anyways, alarm clocks are healthy, I think. Also, not being jolted awake by uh, uh, is not, it's not fu- that's not fucking healthy for you to disrupt like your circadian your rhythm. Body. Yeah, it totally fucks up your circadian rhythm. So like you're supposed to have nice, calm. They, they have a word for it. Yeah, they have yeah. a word for it. I don't remember what it is. But the the um, the alarm clocks I'm, I'm researching right now, uh, actually, I have to look it up here real quick because now I, I got to know what the fucking term is because they have a term for it. Um, it is... Standby, standby. Standby. What the fuck is this? Whoops. Sorry, now I'm fucking up the whole show because I don't remember what this fucking shit is called. Uh, so the one I am researching is called the Hatch Restore 2. And, uh, it's all, like, this natural tones. Um, I can't remember what they fucking call it now, man. It's driving me insane. Um... I think they call it sunrising or something like that, I believe is what they call it. Um, But anyways, it's it's like sunrise wake up or whatever, where basically. Your
2: iPhone has it built in.
0: Yeah, but here's the problem with the iPhone. I've also been reading a lot about how keeping your phone next to your bed.
1: Oh, it's fucking horrible. It's horrible for you.
0: It's horrible for you. Like your body can sense that it's there and you're more likely to reach over and grab it. You're more likely to be on it. You're more likely to stay on. So, like, my goal in the next 30 days is to, to figure out which one of these alarm clocks I want because they're kind of expensive. I just want to buy it one fucking time. I don't want to go down to Walmart and get the $10 option. I know what that thing does. I'm looking to get a, a better option. So, <clears throat> looking for that, and, then, uh, and my goal is I'm going to put my phone – I'm going to start charging my phone on the other side of the room. Instead of charging on my nightstand, I'm going to start charging on the other side of the room. I don't want it near my head anymore. It's really fucking bad for you. So you, you look at, like, those kind of things because that, that builds anxiety. And why does that build anxiety? and Why does it build those problems? Because of the dopamine that that fucking phone is linked to. So the test is see how many times during a day you reach for your phone when you don't need to make a call or you don't need to make that call. And some of you guys are already really good at this because you don't really do social media and you don't do any of that stuff. And that's fucking awesome, and, and, I'm, and I'm proud of you. That's really fucking cool. For the rest of you, start counting. How many times a day do you reach for your phone? And see if you can start reducing that. Instead of reaching for your phone, why don't you reach for a book?
2: Yeah, why get why, a good book series.
0: Why don't you reach for that dumbbell and do a couple fucking lifts? You know what I mean? Why don't you reach for that kid's toy and play with your kid? Or reach for that board game and play with your kid? Reach for that dog toy and go play with your dog? Like that, that's a test to do. How many times you reach for your phone? That's something that almost everybody I know has a fucking problem with. Almost everyone I know has a problem with their fucking phones, you know, and it, that's how they're so important to our lives. There's three of us sitting here right now and all of us have our phones up on the table right now. Like that's how much they're in our lives. And it hasn't been that long. I remember when they came out, it's only been about, you know. 15, 16 years ago that, like, the the droid first came out. It was really the big first smartphone, you know. Before that, they had, like, the Palm Pilots and the Blackberries, and you could text and all that kind of shit. But now it's, like, the first real smartphones. It hasn't been that long. And look at the effect it has on society.
1: Yeah, it's fucking horrible. I mean, if here's a, here's a fun one, too. If you're in a restaurant, just take a quick left, right. Notice how quiet it is. Nobody's fucking talking. You've got like groups of. This is the craziest thing when you see like a a big group of people at dinner together. And they're all on their phones.
2: phones. Well, normally when Glenn and I go and take the kids out or we're on date night, we never bring our phones out.
1: Yeah.
2: Like ever. It's very rare. Sometimes he'll make a post if the kids like go running off and do something. But other than that, like we are never on our phones.
0: We try not to be. It did active. It's an active thing. Yeah. It's like, I would say it's it's like any other of the addictions, right? It's an active thing for me to go, I'm going to go home tonight and I'm not going to have a beer. I'm not going to smoke a cigarette on the back porch. I'm not going to put a dip in. <clears throat> I'm not going to do that because I don't want anything to control me. I don't want anything. I don't want it to have to, to have to do anything. You know, when I'm not on my phone, when we go someplace, we don't have cell phone service, I love it.
2: Yeah. We Me have camping
0: spots specifically, specifically we go to yeah. because they have no fucking cell phone service. And we'll we'll go there for three or four days and it's like, we don't get any phone calls. It's we don't amazing. send any texts. We use the phone as a camera now. You know, hey, cool. Look at the kids. They're having a fun time. Let's take it. Let's remember this memory. And that's even an addiction. People taking a thousand fucking photos they're never going to look at. Yeah. You know, everyone like watching, like I always laugh, you know, at any graduation or event you go to. No one's watching anything anymore.
1: Everyone's recording. When the
0: fuck are you going to watch the fucking video from the stands of the fucking high school football field bleachers of your kid, ant size on your fucking screen, (laughs) walking across the fucking thing. Why don't you put your goddamn phone down, watch with your fucking eyeballs and build a good old fashioned memory. Yeah. Take a picture with them at the end. You'll remember all the things if you take a picture of them at the end. I think about all the videos that I have of my kids playing baseball, playing soccer. I don't go back and watch that shit. Maybe when I'm really old, I'll be like, thank God I have that hard drive or whatever. But like probably fucking not.
1: Mm. Or you know what? Get a a film camera. Do that? Get a film camera.
0: So that was actually something that uh, a friend of mine is doing right now. He's getting into photography a little bit. And he actually bought a film camera. Um, to take with him sometimes. So the digital camera, he's like, at this badass DSLR camera and <clears throat> it's really, really fucking nice. All, all kinds of cool shit. And um, and he's taking some great photos. But he also bought a film camera because he's like, sometimes I want to make sure I'm making this picture count. Remember when we used to have 12 shots? Had 12 fucking chances to create a memory.
1: Well, you can get like a well, I think it's just one of those things you, you experience it more. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you get like a, you can get one of the old Canon 35
0: mils for yeah. like 130 bucks. Man, I bet you could find cheaper than that too. You get the fucking Polaroid cameras for less than that. Yeah. Like well, you want find fun or get a pretty, fucking Polaroid. Pretty fucking expensive Are they really?
1: Yeah. Coming I have, back in style. I have one. It's I got it probably like five years All ago. All the fucking hipsters fucking are bringing it back. So they
0: yeah. brought up the. Uh, brought no, up you can get pro. one of the
1: old Canons. I don't remember the model number. It's a 35 mil. Runs on roll film, super okay. easy to learn on, and they're like 135 bucks and good. 140 condition.
0: bucks. Fujifilm Instamax Mini 12 instant camera. Now, those are the shitty ones. Are the they? Fujis, yeah, those are Fugees? shitty. Okay, Polaroid second generation I-Type instant film camera 106. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 160 bucks for like one of the old school ones. Fuck yeah, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: That's cool. All right, so here's the point. Before we get down a fucking rabbit hole before
2: Glenn starts uh, <coughs> buying cameras, and <laughs> yeah,
0: just like that, we own a Polaroid. All right, we're no longer on so, uh, a newsletter. <laughs> just to yeah, Polaroid's just, a student, <laughs> <Yeah>. Polaroid. <laughs> so, moderation is important for things that can be harmful to you, and I think there's a difference between things that are harmful and things that are dangerous. Don't moderate your physical activity, don't moderate doing <laughs> dangerous activities. Don't moderate having dangerous hobbies. Don't moderate doing things that fulfill and build and create and inspire. Don't moderate those things. Moderate things can be harmful because something that's dangerous is often something that's good.
1: Yeah, and keeps you alive. But something that's harmful,
0: that's not good. Moderate the things that can be harmful. Alcohol, harmful, caffeine. Harmful Tobacco Harmful Social media Harmful Video games Harmful Pornography Harmful And on the list goes t- Food Harmful Things that are harmful to you You have to moderate And you have to have the Personal strength to say I, I, I'm doing this too much And now it's starting to negatively affect me And that's anything I think it's anything that anyone is doing That you <coughs> If you need it you can't get through your day without it. It's too much. So it's kind of what I have to say on the topic. Drew, you got anything?
2: No, I think you, you know, really hit those t- key points there. I think that self-recognition is the biggest thing. That if you're having a thought like, <clears throat> man, I, I, I drink too much. Like, there's your red flag. That's like the time that you need to step Back and reassess your situation and, and really ask yourself Is what I'm doing in the benefit of me and my tribe? Is this a good thing? If I'm consciously saying I'm recognizing this in myself, but then not actively working to fix it, that's a problem. That's a big red flag. That means that you might be beyond the help that you can do by yourself to get you to stop, and you might need interventions like maybe just someone helping you be held accountable for certain things. And whether it's drinking or smoking or whatever it may be over excess of eating or craving junk food or whatever it might be. But I think really the first step is realizing, are you even like in your inner dialogue talking to yourself saying, I drink too much or I smoke too much or man, I can't believe I went through a whole pack of cigarettes in a couple of hours Mm. So I think that really self-focusing on recognizing that you think there is a problem, there's definitely a problem. And then it just bleeds into people are now telling you it's a problem. And then you're like, fuck, it is a problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, get out of the crab pot or like get out of the mob. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to do it because you can't criticize the mob if you are the fucking mob it's literally impossible Mm -hmm. so you might have to not cut people off but get out of the mob get out of the crab pot and look at the crab pot or look at the mob because that's your mirror right 100 percent, that's your mirror and for sometimes i mean at least for me i was like fuck you know that was a big more than just me talking to myself is like when i detached myself is when i was like okay there's a problem yeah
0: last thing i'll say actually is uh I, I can't help but just – because of a message that a listener sent me, I, I can't help but bring up uh, pornography again. And I, I want to be really clear with everybody who listens. Everyone has looked at pornography. Uh, I have not. Stop. Everybody. <laughs> everybody not. has seen it, <laughs> whether you intentionally saw it, whether you unintentionally saw it. Whether you sought it out or you didn't, you have seen it. Everybody has fucking seen it. For some people, it draws them in. For others, it does not. Women, no offense, my love, Hmm. women will never understand the draw of pornography on men.
2: Yeah, I don't understand
0: They'll never fucking get it. And that's okay. It's okay to understand. I don't understand the draw of certain things to women. I don't understand the draw of... Chickens? Well, I understand the drawn chicken, oh, okay. but but there's certain things that too many damn chickens. I yeah, get to do chickens. damn chickens. All right. Yeah. I now that we're didn't... talking about addiction, by the way, <laughs> but the point is, is like most women have a hard time, and they go, "Oh, it's about me. It's, it's me. Oh, you don't see me the same way." It's like, first of all, sweetheart, this is fucking nothing to do with you. So let's just go ahead and get over yourself, all right? Because this don't have nothing to fucking do with you. It's a me problem. If you have someone who can't understand that, you don't have a partner. If you don't feel comfortable going to your partner and saying, hey, I think, you know, I've I've looked at some pornography or, man, I, I maybe I have a problem or something. If you can't be comfortable telling your partner that, yeah, I mean, yeah, expect like not a great reaction. but But if they don't have anything other than empathy, compassion, love, and understanding and like, okay, how can we... You know, how can we fix this? Because this is no different to me from a man's eyes. That's no different than if someone comes to me and says, hey, man, I think I'm addicted to alcohol or I think I'm an actual fucking alcoholic or, hey, man, I think I'm, I'm, I'm dipping too much or I think I'm smoking too much or I'm smoking too much weed or I'm doing too much whatever. Like, yeah, man, it's a fucking problem. It's an addiction. And it's OK to have that addiction because it's OK to have any addiction. It's not OK to keep being addicted to it. Like it's okay if you fall into that trap, so fucking be it. You fell into the trap, that sucks, man. It was built – it was a fucking psyop, man. Yeah,
1: it was a, it's a trap.
0: It's a fucking it's trap. Really a trap. It's a trap. fucking psyop, dude. And if you fell into it, you fell into it. Now how are you going to get out of it? And if you can't find a support network, you need to find the, the right people then. If the people that you're reaching out to aren't supporting, you need to find the right people. But I can tell you – And I can tell you this from personal experience. I can tell you this from experience of trying to help people get out of it. I can tell you from experience having to counsel my own boys through it, my friends through it. Um, Overall, pornography diminishes your soul and it kills your drive. And it reduces you as a man. All addiction controls you. If you're addicted to anything, you are being diminished. If you cannot control an urge to eat a candy bar, jerk off to porn, drink a beer, smoke a joint, have a cigarette, play a video game, watch a fucking TV show, look at your phone, check an Instagram post. If you can't control the impulse to do that, you are addicted and you are being diminished. And recognize that so that you're no longer going to allow yourself to be lesser than you could be. And that's what I'll say about it. Fitness moment with Drew.
2: So what I have for you guys, because we were stuck in a hospital room all week long, which was super neato, is um, just because you're in a place that you can't have workout equipment in it, you can still do stuff. Glenn did put uh, push-ups. I did some leg stuff. So it's really easy to still maintain
0: I've, I have a thing I call my prison cell workout. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. prison workout. It's a whole yeah, thing. It's exactly. a prison cell workout. Yeah, so I do it's a prison ex- cell workout, yeah. but anyway, continue. Exactly.
2: It. Well, that's that's <coughs> the point of it, right, is just because we were confined to a, hosp- a very small hospital room, you know, we still tried to actively keep our blood flowing uh, through the body and using muscles and things like that. So don't think just because you're in a tight area with nothing. I mean, we even did it in our regular clothes. You don't have to be in workout clothes. So, look up a couple uh, exercises that you can kind of keep in your back pocket that is just as simple as even calf raises. So, I mean, just look into it. Definitely have a, a little routine that you can do. Like Glenn has his prison workout. So, that's what I have.
0: Prison cell workout.
2: Whatever. The
0: difference, the pr- no, prison workout's very different. <laughs> prison workout's a whole thing. 3 have to kill somebody.
1: Three by 15, don't drop the soaps. Yes, right. That's
0: right. That's right. A prison workout and a prison cell workout are two very different fucking things. Right. Prison cell workout, I got my own space. I can do my own workout. Prison workout is kill someone because <laughs> I ain't being no one's bitch, so I got to kill somebody. All right. All right, uh, Fitness Moment with Drew brought to you by uh, McKellar Running Club, MRC Phoenix. Monday night runs 6.30 p.m. at Dad's, I'm sorry, Chupacabra in Mesa, Arizona. Wednesday night runs 6.30 at Dad's Fine Eatery in Scottsdale, Arizona. All skill levels welcome even if you trot, you jog, you skate, you board, you bike, even you walk, you push a baby stroller, we don't care. Come out to the runs and join the group and have a good time and get moving. Use your muscles. You can bring us out out to train with you. Get hosting information via email, info at trainingaz.com. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show, Independence Training, and MRC Phoenix. We're proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out the other cool stuff that our network is doing. Next week, we're going to be talking about don't buy more gear, especially with SHOT Show. The pee-pee-poo-poo gang is all in fucking full force right now. What is Yeah, make sure you get your... You don't know about pee Make sure you
1: get your no. modular tourniquet holster leg strap. Jesus People Christ. Don't forget
0: to get your, uh, d- what do they call them, dynamic gloves. Oh, your modular Modular gloves. dynamic modular gloves. gloves. Don't forget to get your folding fucking stuff because everyone here has got to fold stuff on their guns. The most important thing about a gun is that it folds, apparently. That's very fucking important. I've never in my life been like, God damn, I wish this thing folded in half.
1: Every year they drop the dumbest (laughs) fucking thing they could reveal at Shot Show. And it just
0: keeps going. And recoil, I love you guys. I've written articles for recoil, I've done classes for recoil, I love the guys at recoil. Stop posting the gayest shit you can find unless you're actually trying to find the gayest shit. Please find useful shit.
2: Is SHOT Show going on
0: right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We have a lot of invitations that we're not going to.
1: (laughs) If you you post shit from SHOT and you say, Day 2 at SHOT... I want you to understand that all I gathered from that is that you can keep track of fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you. I hope that. I hope that hurts you.
0: For me, I'm like day two it' shot considering homicide. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> day three it's shot considering suicide. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, fucking shot show. I've hey not man, been man those patches free, uh, dude. I went for probably nine years, uh, eight years maybe. Um, I've missed the last few years, and honestly, I haven't missed anything. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. If you guys uh, understand that reference, all right. <clears throat> next week, we're gonna be talking about don't buy more gear.
2: You already said that. I
0: know, but I'm restating it so I can say the whole fucking thing. Okay. Build more skills because we went on a fucking shop uh, show rant.
2: Gotcha.
0: See how you just disrupted me, and I gotta do it again. <laughs> next week, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about don't buy more gear, build more skills. We're gonna talk about the shit you don't need, but the things you do need to be doing. Until next time, stay aware, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms Room.